Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern Ned Reynolds in the studio on a Wednesday morning. So while the world stuffs themselves with turkey tomorrow and stuffing and mashed potatoes and rolls and watch football, you think uh, Coach Andy Reid is going to make his wide receivers run around <laughs> in the entire practice field a million times while balls are thrown at them constantly so they can catch the ball and practice catching if the ball? it's a boot camp atmosphere, you bet. They won't be out there. They have to be. This is this is unacceptable what they're doing right now with the drop footballs and the fact that they can't finish games. We talked about it yesterday. They Philadelphia didn't win. No, we lost. Kansas City yeah. lost. And when you got teams like Carolina that have more points scored in the second half than you do, and another stat I read yesterday, 21% of Patrick Mahomes incompletions drop passes. They drop passes. Uh, almost a third. Well, that's they insane. They lead the league in drop passes, which is 26, and that's you can't have it. They had five against Philadelphia. Five drop passes. Okay. You know that's the problem, and you know the second half is a problem. They haven't scored in the last three games in the second half. So, is that a systemic problem? Is it something to do with their formula, uh, your uh, your offensive formulas, or is there some kind of disturbance with the team? That's the question that has to be answered. But you can't have the numbers of penalties they've had. You can't have the odd play calling that they've had. And they've had some really questionable play calling. A lot of it on Mr. Mahomes, who apparently is calling his own shots out there because you have seen him shake him off on the sideline. Yeah, or he say, we're good, we're good. I, 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 you don't want to fault just the wide receiver. No, 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 no. I'm not faulting anybody, but I'm saying that there is something that's not cohesive about this team that does need to be worked on. And the answer to your initial question is you bet your rear end that they'll be out there working on Thanksgiving. Well, there is some thought that it could be the wide receiver coach because if you look at this kid, there's a lot of nepotism involved in this kid getting a job. So we'll see if that (laughs) might have something to do with it. Also, I read a really good analysis yesterday about how you know what's there might be a there might be this this level of unknown between Mahomes and his receivers, where you think they're going to do this, but they do that. When you throw the ball, that decision has to be made. Are they doing this or are they doing that? So that also might have something to do with it, too, is MBS doesn't have an excuse. But there are a lot of young guys on that team that we haven't had a lot of time and camaraderie to build, and sometimes that takes time. But there is a communications formula that you have that all teams have, and the Chiefs certainly do. They're, they're in that group. If these kids haven't learned it by now, and there and there are some, the one who bothers me more is, is uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Yeah. He should have had that, that ball was right and he didn't have it. He drops him, Travis Kelsey dropped him, kid from Penn, Justin Watson drops him. There's, it's just something, it's an attitude rather than physical skills, but I think the Chiefs are still a pretty doggone good football team, and I think they're going to do well. Although, the game on Sunday, I'm going to tell you that you're going to see, and you will see it in person at Allegiant Field, has me worried. Not mm. worried as far as losing is concerned, so much as worried about being a close game and the Chiefs tightening up. I, I don't want to see that. Well, let's hope we have a lot more success in Sin City. The Cardinals actually got another pitcher, is that right? They aren't getting any younger. <laughs> this is Kyle Gibson, who's a cool 36 years old. And a journeyman. He's what's known, Mike, in, in baseball circles as an innings eater. Guy's been around in the major leagues since, oh gosh, I think 20, 2012, 2013, somewhere around there. 
He's been with several clubs, was with Baltimore this past year, and had a 15-9 record with him. Of course, the Orioles had a great year. He was with Philadelphia the year before, let go as a free agent. Philadelphia was in the World Series. Gibson is 36 years old. He pitched, well, he started 33 games for Baltimore this year. 33 starts that he had. That in and of itself is very good. 15-9, had an ERA of about 4.7. Tyler Gibson's also a former Missouri Tiger. He was with the Tigers back in the early 2000s and a star player for them. Well, he's joining the Cardinals, signed a one-year contract. Is this the end? Oh, no, it, it can't be. The Cardinals have to go after somebody who is a headliner, not that these guys aren't, but the Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson are not exactly Justin Verlander or um, Scherzer or any of these others. But we'll see. We'll see how things work out. Anyway, Gibson does join the Cardinals for one year. Last but not least, a very familiar baseball figure is back to manager. How about the former Springfield Cardinals? Yep. Mike Schilt got the job with the San Diego Padres. We here thought because he was the bench coach last year that he was a shoe-in. That apparently was not the case. Phil Nevin, uh, who is a, a former Padre, in fact, he was a star player for the Padres, was out there and was thought to be the odds-on favorite to get it. But the Padres instead chose Schilt because he's been there. He's a baseball man. We all know him down here. He had the Cardinals team in, in the championship in the Texas League. Uh, he's he's a good good uh, manager. He's a player's coach. They like him. They've liked him everywhere. Why the Cardinals let him go at the end of the 2021 season, I'll never tell you, but they know what's best. Anyway, Mike Schilt wearing the brown and gold of the San Diego Padres as their new manager. Wish him all the best. Loved him when he was in St. Louis and here in Springfield. And I think the Padres just got themselves a good dude who really knows a lot about the sport. And I wish them all the success in the future. The new college football bowl rankings are out. Any big changes up top? Yes, there are. And it's rather interesting, too. And I'm going to vent just a little bit here. Georgia's number one, and, and they should be. They've earned the number one ranking. So the Georgia Bulldogs, number one, Ohio State is second, Michigan third, and a new team is in fourth place, the University of Washington Huskies. Not that they don't deserve to be there, but does Florida State deserve to be dropped even though they haven't lost? Well, Florida State has had some bad fortune. Their star quarterback in All-America is out. He's out for the rest of the season. So the bowl committee... And it is subjective. They're not using a computer, or at least to make the decisions, they're not using a computer. It's all them. They vote on this. Have decided that Florida State loses this player, so they don't need to be number five in the final four-team playoff rankings. Next year, it changes to 12. I disagree with that. If Florida State's going to be dropped, they should lose. They have another game remaining. Matter of fact, they have two games remaining. One with Florida, which is an annual holiday rivalry in the Thanksgiving holiday. Florida being a cross-state team, their rival. And they have the ACC championship game. Let them prove it on the field, not because one player is not there. Oregon is number six. Missouri does not drop. They stay number nine in the rankings. And Missouri, which plays Arkansas on Friday down in Fayetteville, is in very good stead as far as a bowl game is concerned. And my K-State Wildcats going to be getting probably a good bowl game as well. They will. Of course, they, they have a game coming up. They have Saturday, Iowa, Iowa State. State. Yep. Yeah, and, then, and then maybe maybe a Big 12 championship game. A lot still is riding on that. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll Fingers see crossed. But at the very end of the day, when you have a top 25 team that you like, I'm happy, happy. <laughs> uh, also, you know, I'm going to Vegas, so I'm looking at some of these games that might have to 
<clears throat> throw some chocolate chips on. That Ohio State-Michigan one is one I think I might have to do something about. Your thoughts on that? Well, uh, that's one I'm going to leave alone because it is such an arch rivalry. And Michigan is a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Buckeyes. Well, in that game, with 109,000 fans roaring, it's at Michigan this year. And with all that's at stake here, and leave it alone, because they're both good teams and anything can happen, and usually does. The Missouri-Arkansas game on Friday is very interesting. Mizzou is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over the Razorbacks. Razorbacks have had a really star cross here. They have talent, but they have not been able to win. Missouri eked one out over Florida last week. Seven and a half points is an awful lot. Doesn't sound like much, but it is. Here's one I do find interesting. Iowa, which is already in the Big Ten Conference Championship game, probably play either Michigan, not probably, they play either Michigan or Ohio State for the Big Ten title. Iowa, which can't score, has a game at Nebraska. And Nebraska, which is wants to be bowl eligible this year, is the favorite. I'm, I'm very puzzled at that one. Oklahoma is a 10-point favorite over Texas Christian. Alabama is 15 over Auburn in the Iron Bowl game. And Notre Dame, which always plays on the West Coast at one time during the year, usually the end of the season. It's either Southern Cal in Los Angeles or Stanford in Palo Alto. This year it's Stanford. Stanford's having a terrible year. Notre Dame, a 24-point favorite. Well, I might have to just uh, copy your cheat sheet or do the exact well, not, opposite. As not, well. <laughs> opposite, not opposite. I've had a really, really bad year. Well, uh, I've had a really bad fantasy year, but in my uh, pick'em contest, I'm like two games back from first. So having a really good good year there, I wish uh, pick'em was more like fantasy. Or fan- <laughs> yeah, anyway, we're reverse fantasy football is more like pick'em. I'd be doing a lot better. Um, last but not least, Ned's been doing this since probably the Pilgrims started the first Thanksgiving, but uh, here you're going to be doing the uh, old turkey trot tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, let me see it. I don't know what year this has been. It's probably 20. I don't know, in all honesty, what year it's been, but it's fun. It's the same time that we're on the air here, so uh, things don't change there, except that it's outside, and that, <laughs> that does make a difference. It's a lot of fun. We're uh, projecting maybe a few over 5,000, maybe 6,000 runners down there this year. And it well, down there is downtown Springfield on St. Louis. And it should be. It, it's always fun. And I hope you have a great time and the weather warms up just a little bit more than it is today. That's my only concern for you. Happy Thanksgiving, Ned, and enjoy. And to you, sir.